you grab your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 24. We'll look and see what our, uh, our, our portion is, our daily bread is. Father, as we uh, look to you, turn to your word, we pray your blessing. Nothing happens without your spirit. We've understood that. You know, the, your word is, is it's spiritual food. It's spiritually discerned. It's not my brilliance. And I have long since abandoned any pretense that it might be. If anything good happens today, it's the spirit of God moving in the hearts of the people of God. Make that happen here this morning, Lord, and be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 24. I've been calling this part of the book of Acts, the perils of Paul, the arrest, the trials. He's going to be on trial. He's going to be in prison for the re remainder of the book of Acts. Uh, what happens after that? Well, it's extra biblical. Uh, he's, some say he's set free uh, to re be recaptured again and then beheaded. Some people think, no, this is the end, and, and when he goes to Rome, he stands before Nero, gives a good testimony, and then is beheaded. Uh, but it's, it's, it's extra-biblical, so believe whatever you want. But here, he's gone to Jerusalem against the advice of all his friends, but I think he's moving in the Spirit, and I think Jesus testifies that when he shows up in his cell and says, hey, you did an outrageously good job. I'm so proud of you, Paul. And he comforts him because he needed comfort because he had started three riots in two days, uh, which is good for even Paul doesn't usually get that many riots happening. He went to Jerusalem. He was the patron of people who were taking a vow. He paid for their, their haircuts. They had to have their head shaved, and he paid for their, their sacrifices. And so when somebody saw him in the temple, immediately the whole thing started going sideways, and, and so there was a, 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 a full-scale riot. So the Romans came, and they rescued him because they were literally tearing him apart. And he says, hey, can I address the crowd to, the, to this uh, commander? We find out his name is uh, Lys Cla uh, Claudius Lysias. And so... Um, he says, yeah, go ahead. And he's, he starts to address the crowd. He's giving his testimony. He talks about, you know, the road to Damascus experience that we read about in Acts chapter 9. He, and he says, you know, God's, you know, calling me to do this and this. And, he, and, he's, and Jesus sent me to speak to the Gentiles. And that erupted in another, why? Because the Jewish people today, I'm sorry to say this, and sometimes Jewish people today aren't so happy about Gentiles coming to know have faith in God of the Old Testament, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's, it's good old-fashioned racism is what it was. So he started another, and they had to physically take him, and they're going to whip him to find out, okay, let's get to the bottom. What's, what's this all about? He told them, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. You better back off right now. And they did because he asserted his rights. We talked about your rights as an American. You remember that? Well, the next day, there was a, they, they had a, before the council, Okay, what's going on here? Uh, let's let's find. Let's get to the bottom of this. And he erupted another um, uh, riot. Erupts because he says, "You know, I'm, I'm a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Uh, it's for the hope of the resurrection." You remember that? I thought it was kind of clever um, because. But Jesus said, "When you're brought before the council, don't preponder. Don't think in your mind what you're going to say. I'd never let an opportunity like that pass, Jesus says. My spirit will be there, and he'll give you the supernatural wisdom that you need. How many of you people, when you're going to meet somebody and you're going to talk to somebody, you're going to have a face-to-face, -face, you 
have all your, okay, I'm going to say this. Now, if they say this, I'm going to say this. But if they say, and you have your arguments all worked out, your argumentation is all in place, and you've got it, and it's airtight, and it's so, and it never works out the way you think it's going to work out. You know what I, I say? Even if you're not brought before counsel, just commit it to God. Um, a, a lot of times when I'm thinking like, okay, what am I going to say? Because I'm hostile territory. I'm going I'm to be talking to somebody and they're going to be contrarians and they're going to gainsay everything I, I try to tell them. What do I do? I don't know. I'm not brilliant. Hey, I got an idea. Let God handle it. And God... It, no, I'm not saying... I don't study. I just show up and let God handle it. No, no, I'm not talking about being lazy. You know, we had some people who testified in the uh, state legislature last week. They're trying to get us to pay for everyone's abortions. Is that a good thing? It's a wicked, it's a horribly godless thing. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We have verses, thou shalt not murder, okay? We're against this as a church. That's why we support the Pregnancy Resource Center. If you didn't know that, I'm against abortion. You're against a woman's reproductive rights? Not at all. I am absolutely pro-woman's right to say no to premarital sex. And I encourage all women. I'm on record. I've got many recordings which say that. Now, once that... Uh, that, that, that cat's out of the bag, so to speak, and pregnancy happens, you have a right to uh, take another life. You, you do not. A different blood type, a heartbeat, it's, a, it's another person. Now, if you can scientifically prove to me it's not, good luck. Just good luck to you. You're never going to... That's a tough sell. It's, it's, it's impossible. I know people go through all these histrionics to try to explain away life. You're not, you're not, it's not medicine, it's not good theology, it's not good philosophy, it's not good science. Good luck, okay? Uh, what it is is a narrative from a certain party in America that I just don't subscribe to, and I don't, I don't go by narratives, I go by what the Bible says. But... I'm kind of getting off the track a little bit here, right? <laughs> Where was I? So Paul's, Paul's arrest, he's brought before, I believe in the resurrection. They're going to pull him apart again. And uh, so he, he's rescued again. And the poor commander's thinking, what is going on here? Now there's a plot to kill him. And Paul's nephew hears about it, and he tells the commander who sends him and 700, I think it was, no, it was 470, I knew the number 70 was there. 470 men take him to Caesarea Philippi. Now, this is where we find him in chapter 24, okay? After five days, Ananias the high priest, you remember he called him a whited wall. Ananias the high priest descended with the elders and with certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. So we get this trained, this hired gun, this, this, this guy who's skilled in oratory. He's, he's a lawyer. But he's not a lawyer like, he's a lawyer in the traditional sense that we think. You know, in Bible times when it says, and the lawyers came and questioned Jesus, it's not lawyers like we think about them. It's lawyers who are expert in the Bible, in law. This is how we interpret this Mosaic law. This is a, a lawyer like we would think of him. But they call him an orator, all right? He's good at oration. The word for his title it has to do with rhetoric. Um, I can't remember the exact uh, Greek term, although I knew it earlier in the week. But he's, a, he's, he's, he's good at rhetoric. He's, good, he's skilled in debate. He knows the right things to say. 
His name is Tertullus, okay? So um, you remember in the end of chapter uh, uh, 23, um, they delivered the epistle to the governor and presented Paul also before him in the end of verse 33. And when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what province he was. And when he understood he was of uh, uh, Cilicia, I will hear thee when thine accusers also are coming. He commanded them to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. We're not introduced to him yet. We're going to find out his name is Felix. He has replaced, um, he's the same, uh, he's, he's the governor, right? Like Pilate was the governor, okay? Now he's born a slave. We know this historically. We don't know it scripturally. He was born a slave and he was freed and he still has kind of the mindset of a slave. He's cruel, he's vindictive, he's petty and petulant. He's not a good person. He will end up being banned, uh, sent off to some remote part of the, uh, of the empire. Okay, when he was called forth, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, See that by thee we enjoy great quietness, and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation. By thy providence, we accept it always, and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Notwithstanding that I be further tedious unto thee, I pray thee thou wouldst hear us of thy clemency a few words. He's a skilled orator, is he not? So he starts with, I would say, buttering him up. This is what you would say, and it's a rhetorical device. Um, Felix doesn't think it's, that he, he absolutely believes any of this. But it's what you say. Um, we don't know this very well as a, as a society, as a culture. I had jury duty several times. Uh, and, I, and you know you're supposed to call a judge. Anyone know? Your Honor. Your Honor. Um, so somebody's asking, and the person's like, yup. <laughs> you get something better than yup. <laughs> Please, you know, use, the, use titles. Uh, I don't like that judge. I think they're very, they're not, they're not good. They, 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 they take all the guilty people and they set them back out on the streets. You don't have to like the, the judge in front of, like I talked about in the past. You don't have to like a president to respect the office. And I would s- suggest to you, a Christian is, is a respectful, courteous person, okay? Um, uh, I always like to embarrass Suze. She was in the Maine State Legislature. She was the Honorable Suze Kasperzak. If you're elected for public office in America, that's, that's how it works. It, you have that, that title. Uh, she didn't like it. She didn't like being called the Honorable. That's how they did down there. They, they, oh, well, the, the Honorable Representative from Newport, and, then, and they you know, call on her and she would speak. Because they do those type of things, right? She never made anyone call her Honorable, though. Just me, okay? <laughs> You'll refer to me as the Honorable... Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, honorable. I, 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 no, she doesn't do that. But it, titles, titles, you know, use them. Uh, no, she's going to be mad if you go up to her and say, you know, the honorable, and I, and I put that in place. She don't like, she don't want that. But by the way, that title's in place forever, even when they're not and they've retired from public life. Again, just, you didn't know that, did you? I, I like to use, so I'm going to introduce somebody, and he's um, a Catholic priest. And I'm introduced to him as father. He's not my father. And I don't like that. And I got verses. I don't call any man father, but I will call him reverend because it's respectful. 
And that's not, that's not insulting or anything. They call me reverend. I'll be very upset with that. I don't like that at all. I, I won't be upset. I just, I don't, I don't like it. You say, well, what do you like to be called? I don't know. Adam. <laughs> just an idea. Some people call me pastor, and that's very endearing to me. I'm not asking you to do that, by the way. But if you think of me as your pastor, that just, oh, just warms my little heart. Um, and some, t- some of you, you know, who have parents, you don't want your kids calling adult by their first name. It doesn't bother me. I, it doesn't, it doesn't, I, 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 I'm not going to say to your child, you, you will call me Mr. No, I don't roll like that, right? Uh, but respect, I think respect is a good thing. Does he go overboard? He's saying all this stuff. Oh, uh, worthy deeds are done on this nation by thy providence. Of course they're not. He's a cruel, wicked man. They're going re- to send a delegation to Rome and say, hey, you've got to get this guy out of here. He's a tyrant. This is just, again, just a rhetorical device. Oh, we're so happy. We accept it always, and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. They're thankful for him at all. They're buttering him up. Notwithstanding that I'd be further tedious, that ship is sailed. Forget about that. It's like the guy's probably looking at his watch if such a thing were invented. Time thinking, like, yeah, can we wrap this up? Can we move this along? You are just uh, standing on my last nerve. Uh, unless, unless he likes that. Some people like that. You know, they really like you to lay it on thick. I don't, I think it's a good thing to compliment people when they deserve compliments. Me and Susan were talking about this the other day. I saw some, a group of our guys do something high angle rescue from confined space. And when I had a chance to address the crowd, I said, that was impressive. If you saw it, you'd say, that was impressive. It was impressive. But you can't say, oh, you guys are awesome when nothing awesome happened or anything like that. That's a, like a politician does who's looking for votes, right? Out kissing babies, shaking hands, telling you how wonderful you are when I don't want to be, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be false. And, and if you could say, boy, that was awesome. You know what? It should be awesome. Just because you want to be. You want to be a man of your, or a woman of your word. You want to, you want to say the thing that, respect is one thing. Being a suck up is another, if I can use that term, okay? And I think this is, this is way beyond the pale. Um, Here's a few words, okay? We have found this man uh, a pestilent fellow. The word is a plague. He, this man is a plague. By the way, is that against the law? <laughs> don't be a plague. We, we don't have verses for that. We don't have, you know, in the you know, in United States Code of Justice or whatever, okay? You, you can be a plague, I guess, if you want. I, I don't even know what that means. He's a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world. Point two. Point one is just, it's just name-calling. Point two, this would make Felix sit up and take notice. They didn't want sedition. What he's saying is he's a ringleader of uh, someone who's trying to overthrow the government. Sedition. He's a, he's a rebel. In, in America, if you're called a rebel, that's not a, that's not a bad thing. We, we celebrate you on the 4th of July. And I would say rebel. I think rebellion can be a very, very good thing if you're rebelling in the right direction. Don't rebel against God. That's... That's is the sin of witchcraft. It says in, in the book of Samuel, you want to be a rebel, 
Rebel against society. So society's going to hell in a handbasket. And I see even churches line up like so many sheep and getting their marching orders from entertainment, from, from news, from, from, the, from society at large. And we do what they tell us to do. Rebel. The whole world lieth in wickedness, right? First John. It's a verse we all know. But you don't know it like you think you know it. The whole world is lying in the lap of the wicked one, is what it's saying literally. In other words, the whole world is asleep, lying in the lap of, is asleep in Satan's lap. You comfortable with that idea? I am not. I do not take my marching orders from Satan. I pray to God, God, show me what your word says. Give me the wherewithal to, to one, acknowledge it, and then the strength to follow through and do what you say. Don't rebel against God. Do rebel against all ungodly. And they're trying to make you, mold you, and shape you after their philosophy. Have nothing to do with it rebel against that. Anyway, he's saying, okay, he's a plague, he's, he's a mover of sedition, he's a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, the only place in Scripture where we're called Nazarenes, by the way. Um, and it, it's a pejorative. Nazareth is a little, it, you know, remember when Jesus shows up? Yeah, we, we found the Messiah, he's from Nazareth. Nazareth? Really? Can any good thing come from Nazareth? Do we have a town like that anywhere? Like Podunk, Iowa. To the denizens of Podunk, Iowa, I apologize. I've never been there. We say, hey, I'm rude from Podunk. Or, and we have those kind of like, uh, what is it, Rush Limbaugh? What's that California town he always, oh, your Belinda. Remember? Isn't that it? Rio Linda. Yeah, you see some of you guys have listened. Okay. Uh, I, I've never been to Rio Linda. I don't know if they're all, but he always talks about it like the whole neighborhood has, the, you know, their cars up on cement blocks with the tires gone, you know, with like weeds growing through the, you know, vehicle or something like that. And he makes it sound like the whole community's like, I don't know. This is Nazareth. Whatever town you pick up, picture in your mind is just backwoods and. Nazareth. They are a bunch of Nazarenes, he called them. It's a pejorative term. He's the way he's using it. Okay, this pestilent fellow, this plague, this mover of sedition among the Jews throughout the whole world. <laughs> wow, Paul's thinking, wow. <laughs> uh, he's a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes who has also gone about to profane the temple. This is the charge. It's the only charge, really. Saying he's a rebel, that's unless he was doing rebellion. But this is what we, uh, why he was arrested. We took him, we would have judged him according to our law. He was profaning the temple. He had brought Gentiles into the temple. Had he? No, he had not. And by the way, a false charge in that society was punishable. You can't just, in America, it's like you can sue anybody for anything or bring anyone to jail for, you know, bring anyone to court for anything. There's a lot of societies where you can't do that. Because like in an honor society, in an honor culture, just being uh, blamed for a thing is, is a very, very negative. And you, you better, when you blame them, when you arrest somebody or something like that, you can charge the police for false arrest in a lot of situations. Because being arrested is like a disgraceful thing in a lot of cultures. And being blamed for a thing. It's not here in America. You can just blame anybody for anything and say anything about anything and then... We still have laws about, you know, 
malicious gossip and character assassination and slander and you can say uh, I don't know, let me think of something really absurd and crazy or something like uh, oh like a president before he's elected he colluded with like forget about it but he still you know what I'm going to talk about this because the, the, what happens here this is important this is really important what happens here, Roman jurisprudence, the, the, the defense, he's innocent until proven guilty. Now, I've got to ask you a question. Is innocent until proven guilty a biblical idea? If you think it is, raise your hand. Ooh, only a few. Well, okay, I'm getting more. How many think that's not in the Bible anywhere? Raise your hand. It's not in the Bible per se, but the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses may every word be established. I just can't come and say, you know what this guy did and just make up things out of whole cloth. I can't do it. It's, it's, it's ungodly. It's, it's wrong. And we have many verses about that. And so our forebears, they got the idea of innocent until proven guilty from scriptural knowledge. That's a wonderful thing. Paul does not have to prove himself innocent. They have to prove him guilty. Now, they don't. They don't, okay? They don't do a good job, and we'll see that. Uh, okay, we would have judged him because he profaned the temple. We, we would have judged him according to our law. But the chief captain, Lysias, came upon us with great violence, took him away out of our hands. Police brutality is what he's, they're saying. And by the way, I don't think this is a good tactic. Because we have Jews and we have Gentiles. We have the law of the land, which is, which is Roman, Lysias, Felix. They're on the same team. And this Jewish orator is saying, yeah, we would have took care of business our own self. But this Lysias came, and he came and he stole them away from us with brutality and with force. I think you kind of don't want to chase that too far, do you? Basically, he's saying, Felix, you're your guy. He was, he was a brute. I, I, think he's, I don't think this is a good tactic, by the way. Um, that did happen because um, we, we don't... Well, let's get to the bottom. Before, before this angry mob kills this guy, let's find out what's going on. I, I think Lysias was acting prudently, and he had the law on his side. Um, so he, he took him away with his great violence, commanding his accusers to come unto thee by examining whom thyself may take us knowledge of all these things wherever we accuse him. You accused him basically of being a, a bad guy who profaned the temple, it, like as if Felix really cares about that. But he's saying, you ask him, and he'll, he'll condemn himself. They don't have anything. I mean, do you see how void of substance they are? You know, if you're guilty of something, just own it. If you're not, let God defend you. You know, I, I always think like, you know, I'm, people say this and say this and say this about me, stuff like this. Early on I learned, like, you try to defend yourself, God will let you, or he will defend you. What's the difference? Well, he does a better job. If I haven't done anything, I don't need any excuses. If I've done anything, I don't have any excuses either way why defend yourself 
And God says, I, I'm, I'm very interested in your reputation, Adam. I'm very, very interested as, a, as, a, as a, someone who preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me worry about that. And don't you do anything to bring real guilt, shame, and, and that's, how, that's how I think it works. And the Jews also assented, saying these things were so. So we have all the, you know, the, this august body, this, you know, representative of the Sanhedrin. Yeah, yeah, he did it. That's exactly right. Then Paul, after the governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, For as much as I know that I was been on many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. So he says, Oh, you've been a clement judge for uh, all these years, and we have enjoyed wonderful privilege and none of that, right? He's, he answers respectfully. You've been a judge for a long time. I'm, I, I'm happy I'm able to take this opportunity to make my defense. No, no baloney, right? Uh, so the other one goes on and on about how wonderful. I think Felix would respect this more. You, uh, because thou, that thou mayest understand, there are yet but 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem for the worship. I've only been here 12 days. I, I've been a ringleader of the whole world. Listen, they don't have Facebook. I mean, maybe you've already thought this too. He's not texting anybody. Okay, I'm in town. Foment plan one. Rebellion, let's go. And, you know, text all. And everyone's, okay, and they'll, you know, get in position, you know, and all that stuff, right? None of that. I've only, only been here 12 days. And the last week or so, I've been in captivity. I mean, five days, right, that it took them to get there and everything else. So 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem for the worship. And they neither found me in the temple, disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogues nor in the city. All the things they're saying, they're made up out of whole cloth. They can't prove any of that. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. Case dismissed. I don't have to prove myself innocent. They have to prove me guilty. Where are the witnesses? They say I was in the, I was in the temple. I was profaning the temple. Where are the witnesses? Now, they should have brought some witnesses saying, yep, we saw him, he had this Gentile with him. They, had, they would have had testimony. They would have had a, a chance to make their case that Felix probably doesn't care about anyway. They're trying to get him to be found guilty of basically nothing. Why is this important? You're guilty every day. You're a Christian. You're guilty of something. You're a hater. You're a, any kind of whatever they put in front of you phobe, right? <laughs> you're just a phobe. You're... What are you guilty of? Um, I don't know. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Bible. I'm really a very nice fellow. I'm very pleasant. I, I keep my lawn nice. I pay my taxes on time. I don't have wild, crazy parties where people are, you know, thrown out of windows and stuff at my house. It's pretty, you know, it's a nice neighborhood. I'm, I show up for work every day. I don't uh, um, har sexually harass people. I am not lazy. I, you know, but I'm guilty of everything. Why? Because of what you believe. Hey, it's not going to change. It's going to get worse. I'm telling you, perilous times are coming. And you see, you've seen, you've already seen some that are already starting to happen. Um, a few years ago, 
there was a clerk in Kentucky who didn't give a gay couple a license, a marriage license, for because uh, in Kentucky at the time there was no same-sex marriage. She didn't have any legal standing to give a license for which she was arrested and thrown in jail for not doing. Do you remember that happening? Hey, look, look, I'm trying to tell you. So here we have this lady just doing her job, and now she's in jail because the judge is trying to get his point across. So what do we do? Let's do no jobs at all where we could possibly have too, sky, too high to the skyline profile. Don't do anything. He says, always fly under the radar, okay? You, you can't do it. You can't. You can't. They'll come find you. They're going to try to get you to swear allegiance to their way of thinking. Live and let live? Pff, ridiculous. Live and let live as long as you agree with me. That's what the, that's what the thing is. I've never, you know, um, we've had uh, homosexuality since the dawn of man. Since we, early on in the, books, uh, the book of Genesis, we read about that. It's always been around. So have I persecuted? Have I tried to go out of my way to make somebody's life miserable? Or I don't celebrate what the Bible says is sin. I, I, that, does that make me a bad person? Yes, in some eyes it does. I have to celebrate your life choices, whatever they are. Hey, listen, I, why do I say like this? Why am I talking like this? Brace for impact. I just want you to know, and you have to think this through. I'm going to take this stand. It could go very bad. Could I lose my job? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I don't want to lose my livelihood. There's no guarantee that you're going to have forever. Paul's lost his freedom. What has he done? Nothing. Listen, it's been this way for forever. And Jesus said so. Hey, welcome aboard. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, blessed are you when men, you know, persecute you, harass you, intimidate you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. They've been doing it for a long time. Go talk to Jeremiah. Go talk to Isaiah. They put him in a log, sawed it in half. (laughs) Welcome to the fraternity. Again, we're going to try to fly under the radar. The only way you can do that, really, is don't ever say anything to anybody. It's even slightly offensive. Just wink and a nod to everything that goes on that's ungodly. And God says, don't confront the unfruitful works of darkness. Reprove them is what the Bible tells us. So I got around being a, like, a sin detector and try to find what's wrong with everybody's life and point it out to them. Not like that, but sometimes. Hey, what you're doing is wrong. It's going to end up very badly. Love, love does that. Let's keep moving, though. I'm not making good headway here. <laughs> they can't prove it. Case dismissed. Oh, you want a confession? Why is he going to go on now? Some people think this is an error. This is a bad tactic. But Paul's not going to miss the opportunity to share the gospel. Like, Ever. This I confess unto thee, that after the way, let's stop here. I'll read the rest of the verse. The way. We'll call the way again. The Christianity is called the way. It's not called Christianity very much. It's called the way very often. Why? It is the way. Named after Jesus. So I am the way. It's not just a theology. It is a theology. 
it's not, I don't think it's primarily a religion, although depending on some people's way they define it, they call it a religion. I always say no because I used to be religious and I was going to hell. Now I love Jesus and I'm not really very religious and I'm going to heaven. The way I use it, okay? Yeah, okay, Christianity is a religion. Christianity is a theology. Christianity is a philosophy. But I think it's a way of life. We're going to look tonight at the priests, okay, and their incense. Priests smell a certain way. When you, you smell that, oh, priest is around. Don't you? Don't you give an odor of death to them that are perishing, an odor of life to them that are... Oh, wait a second. You mean this, you can connect dots? Oh, we're going to talk about priests, what it means to be a priest, and what it means how the priests are sanctified and put in office. And it's going to have a lot to do with our own, our own sanctification, our own uh, um, how God sets us apart for ministry. Much. Incredible stuff. He's not going to ever miss the opportunity to, to make a defense. So, so that's because this, this is what he does. I'm confessing that after the way, because it's all encompassing. Your, your Christianity changes everything about you, even changes the way you smell. They call it heresy. So worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So you become a Christian. What do you believe? What do you stop believing in the Old Testament? <laughs> Paul says, no, I believe it all. So do I. I know there are Christians. I are New Testament Christians. What does that even mean? The Bible is God's word from Genesis to Revelation. It's not, nothing's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't read Isaiah. <laughs> Dumb stuff. Psalms. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> now, we have to understand what it's saying, who it's saying it to. We're not, we didn't sacrifice a lamb to kick off the meeting this morning. We will understand that from the book of Exodus as we study through why we don't do that anymore. But it's important that we don't understand that the context of all these, all these things in the Old Testament. We don't, we don't not believe that the Bible is not the word of God. Okay, I confess uh, that they, they call it a heresy, but I worship God, the God of my fathers, believing all things written in the law and the prophets, and I have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. He's trying to get a riot going again. They can't, not now, because they're in court, so to speak. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Now does he stick out his tongue at Ananias at this point? No, he does not, but... That was his point all along. I'm exercising my conscience before God. I'm doing what I feel like God's called me to do all the time. Now, Ananias can't say, because Ananias isn't presiding, Festus is, uh, Felix is. We'll run into Festus next chapter. Felix is presiding. Felix ain't going to say, hey, punch that guy in the mouth. So it's the same message. And I think he's saying that for Ananias' benefit. But not because he hates Ananias, because he loves Ananias. Now, after many years, I came to bring alms to my nation and offerings. I had a big pile of money I had to bring. That was his reason for being in Jerusalem. Whereupon certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with multitude nor with tumult. I didn't bring my boys. I was in rabble-rouser. I was respectful. I was purified. Uh, who ought to have been here before thee and objective they had ought against me. Good point, Paul. Where are my accusers? Because without them, you've got nothing. Tertullian is hoping he's going to 
talk himself into trouble. Paul's too smart for that. But that's all he's got because they don't have anybody. You can't just come and make up lies and stuff. You could do that in Jewish law. You weren't supposed to do it then. But the Romans took this stuff very seriously. This is a Roman citizen. You better have the goods if you come and start saying, oh, he's done this and this and this. And nobody's going to say, you know, uh, uh, he was with uh, Gentile guys. Can you prove that? Well, no, but I saw him around town. He was hanging with Titus, and uh, so I figured he would. They ain't going to go to Caesarea and make that case. And he know, Paul knows it, and he takes, hey, they have something? Well, where are these guys? They ought to be here if that's the case. Or else let these same here say if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council. They can't bring false accusations against a Roman citizen, and he calls them on it. Paul's clever. He is like, he's, he's way smart. Uh, except to be for this one thing, that I cried uh, standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead. I am called in question by you this day. Again, he's trying to get half the people on his side. When Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, when Lysias, the chief captain, will come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter. So he, he kind of dismisses until, you know, I, I, let me find out all the facts. Lysias is coming down. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. So he doesn't really pronounce him guilty. He doesn't really pronounce him innocent. And Felix does know, because kind of Christianity kind of evolved, grew up under him, under his, while he was governor. He commanded the centurion to keep Paul and let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister uh, or come unto him. So he gives them uh, some, is he in some drab dungeon? No, he's in the palace. Oh, he's under house arrest. Is he chained to a Roman at this point? We don't know any of that. So people can come. You know, he's got like a two-year vacation. Okay, it's under house arrest, but it's a beautiful place. It's on the Mediterranean. It's, 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 it's nice weather all year round. And his friends can come and minister to him. He can write books of the Bible, which he writes several letters, epistles at this time. It's not bad duty. God's saying, okay, you got some more stuff coming. I'm going to give you a two-year rest. <laughs> Lord, where do I get that? Do I, do, I, do I sign up in advance? Hey, God's God, and you know, if you're going through a really hard time right now, know this. It's father-filtered. If God's blessing, I'm going through a really good season in my life where God's, you know, give me a new job, a new start. I get a chance to press the reset button. Um, you know, things that weren't quite up to snuff, I've got a chance to make them right. Things that I was doing really good, I got a chance to keep doing them good and maybe even a little bit better. You know, it's a really good place. For how long? I don't know. <laughs> I hope forever, but it never works out that way, does it? Uh, my marriage, we're rocking it at my house. Financial things are going good. I don't have any, like, outstanding debt. This is going, it's a good season. I hope that's happening for you. If you're really struggling, you're really up against it. I know, I know, I've been there too. You, you say, well, I'm, I'm not. Everything's going great. You keep breathing. <laughs> it's, it, it's a fallen world. I wish, I wish always good for you, and I wish just wonderful things would happen in your life all the time. It's, it's not a lot in life. This is a good season for Paul. Season of rest. People coming, we're visiting with them. Uh, and after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewish, Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. This is what Paul wanted to do all the time. Drusilla, she's Jewish, okay? Half Jewish. She must have a Jewish mom. 
Because our father, you would know him. He's Agrippa II. He's the one who cut off the head of Peter, James, and John. Uh, James, John's brother. You remember? He cut his head off, and then he was given that great oration. He was dressed, and people say, it's the voice of a god. And um, he didn't give God the glory, and he fell down, and he was eaten with worms. I think, if I can get graphic, I think the worms were in him and came out of him after he tipped over in such and such a way that it could be written down. Um, hey, hell's nasty place, right? Fire is not quenched, where their worm dieth not. And this, is, I think, was just kind of a prelude to where he was going. You don't cut apostles' heads off if you're a godly man. You just don't. Um, this, this lady, Drusilla, she's four or five years old when that happened. This time she's 18 or 19. Her beauty is legendary. She'd been, her brother sold her into marriage, some wealthy guy, when she was like 14 years old. So Felix sees her, and he's smitten, and he sends a sorcerer to her to put this love potion and, and tells her that if she leaves him and marries Felix, she'll have this sorcerer at her beck and call, and she'll be, he'll be able to, put potions and spells on everyone, as the legend goes. Again, this is all extra biblical. But feel free that you don't have to believe any of this. But I think it's pretty good history, by the way. I mean, we know a lot about Felix. So um, she's married this time to this guy, and she knows about Christianity. She's been, her whole life, she's been understanding it. She's Jewish. Um, Felix is not. He's a Roman. So she, he, he marries her. Like, again, she's not even 18, 18 or 19 at this age. We don't exactly know at this time. She will be uh, buried at Pompeii, Mount Vesuvius, after they break up. Felix is going to be taken back to Rome, which we will read at the end of this chapter, and uh, it doesn't go well with him. Okay? So they split up, and... But at this point, they're an item. They're, they're married. This is his third wife, by the way. And this is her, her, as far as we know, second husband. When Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning faith in Christ. This is what Paul wanted to do the whole time. And he reasoned, this is say Paul, he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. What are the three things that you don't want to talk about as a Christian? Well, I think you do want to talk about them. But the world doesn't want to hear them. Um, it is uh, just the things that Paul talks about. Righteousness. Is Felix a righteous man? No. Hey, do you have to be righteous to go to heaven? Yeah. Yeah, you do. But not in the way the world thinks. If you do more good deeds than bad deeds, and God kind of, eh, eh, all right, come on in. You, you're good. You have to put on Jesus Christ's righteousness. Do you think Paul knows that? Paul wrote the book. It's where we get the, all the ideas. He wouldn't say, hey, you, you've got to be like a really holy and righteous guy. He would talk about faith in Jesus Christ, obviously. You have to be righteous to get to heaven. How righteous do you have to be? You have to be perfect. We, I think everyone at some level knows that they're a sinner. I never had anyone, I've talked to people about right and wrong before. I've never had anyone tell me, oh, I'm not a sinner, I've never sinned. I've never had that. You know what they say? They'll say things like, nobody's perfect. What they're saying is, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. They're just not using that verbiage, but they understand it. 
And I will say, it's not your righteousness that gets you there. Because so, you know what they'll say. The same thing they said to you, I'm, I'm a good person. Hey, 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 how good do you have to be? I always get some. You know what I mean? And they tell, well, I'm better than this, and they'll find somebody, you know, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Bully for you. You're doing really good. God's, God's awesome, impressed that you're, 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 you're a righteous rock star. You are. You're doing really great, right? You're better than Adolf Hitler. Those who compare themselves with themselves are unwise, the Bible says. And I always point that out to somebody. Oh, you, you found somebody you're better than, so now you're righteous, so, so awesome, righteous, God's going to say, hey, come on in. That's a, that's a poor... So he's telling this to Felix, obviously. Uh, does Felix like to listen to that? He's, he's, a, he's a lascivious old goat who's married... Well, I don't know how old he is, but he's married... To, he stole this woman away. He's an adulterer, is he not? Again, he's on his third one. He's talking to Drusilla and looking at her pretty little face and saying, yeah, talking about righteousness. Yeah, he'll get tired of you just like you get tired of the other ones. You ain't going to be young and beautiful forever. What are you pinning your eternity on? You're going to be Mrs. Governor forever? And temperance. What's temperance? Self-control. Used to have temperance leagues and stuff like that. I mean, don't drink. You know, control yourself. Bible has a lot to say about that. This is looking. Listen, it's one of the. It's it's the fruit of the spirit. It's you know, so, the last one, self-control. Last of the nine that are listed there in Galatians, right? Self-control. Um, again, people don't want to hear it. If I'm if I'm controlled by something, I'm a victim. I get a sickness. I can't I can't help myself. And nobody wants to hear anything about self-control. I'll tell you this about the Bible. The Spirit of God comes in our life and He gives us the ability to say no to sin. And anyone tells me different, I don't believe you understand anything about the Spirit of God. And you say, boy, that's really harsh. No, I understand. I understand what a, a, um, you know, addiction's all about. I've never, I've never been, had a smoking addiction. I never smoked, okay? I'm, my next pack of cigarettes I'll buy will be my first pack. And at this point, why bother, right? So here you have smoke-free pasta, right? And I'm not cavalier. I know people really struggle. Because when I was like, uh, dealing with like uh, Seven Oaks and talking to them guys, they will say, yeah, cocaine's tough, uh, heroin, <laughs> heroin's tough. But you know what will really kill you? Try to give up cigarettes. That'll really, they tell me. Guys who used heroin tell me cigarettes will just, just, it's almost impossible. But it's possible. How is it possible? Spirit of God comes to you. Don't tell me this little three-inch piece of nicotine is going to, is more powerful than the Spirit of God. Are you delusional? You have something that's, the, the, the one who spoke the whole of everything into existence can't deliver you from, stop that. Just stop it. Temperance, self-control. I can do what I want to do. I have perfect freedom. Uh, so what happens? Do, do any of you guys have this like uncontrollable fear? You know, night terrors or something like that? I've had them before in my life at different times. What happens? You cry out to God. This ain't nothing but a thing. Come on, Lord, show up. Be mighty on my behalf. You, are you intimidated by something, someone you're going to see or something that's going to... 
I don't mean to sound cavalier. Listen, I understand the struggle. I've been fighting the same things you've been fighting my whole life. I understand envy, lust, anger. I understand all those things. You can't be controlled by them. We've gone over this long time ago. You know, it, anything that you say, this is, the, this is what my life looks like. Why does it look, why does it look like spirit-filled? Keep continually be being filled with the Spirit. Will the Spirit of God deliver us from all these, from the flesh? Yeah, Paul says so. Hey, righteousness, temperance, and guess what? The judgment to come. This is why everybody hates us so much. We remind them that they're going to hell. You don't have to say it. You don't even have to say it. You don't walk up, hey, you know what? You're going to hell. You, you, you don't have Jesus here. You're going to hell. You don't have to say it. You just have, they know it. They intuit it, they understand it, they get it, and they hate you for it. Thanks for reminding me. As long as I can stop thinking about it. And this is what Paul's talking to him about. Now listen, is that very sensible to the guy who has your life in his hands to tell him, hey, you're going to hell. God's going to judge. God's going to judge righteously. You have to be able to get, you know, control yourself in these matters and stuff like this. And he's talking to them, the three things I'm sure Paul, Felix doesn't want to hear. Uh, is Paul in Felix's hand? No, God, he's in God's hand. I told you, God already made him 10 foot tall and bulletproof. He says, you're going to Rome. He knows he's not going to die at Felix's hand. He knows that. Does it matter if he doesn't know that? Because I have an idea. Paul's thinking like, yeah, I might as well go out in a blaze of glory, but you're going to hear the gospel while I'm going. Uh, think in terms like that. I think this is a wonderful thing. So he's reasoned about uh, 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 righteousness, temperance, and judgment. Come, Felix trembled. Felix trembled. He was a little Jewish prisoner. <laughs> he's the governor of the land. Uh, <laughs> just shaken like... The gospel will do that. The gospel of Jesus Christ will do that. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the great leveler of men. doesn't matter if you're the governor. doesn't matter if you're a prisoner. We're all standing before God. The gospel of Jesus Christ will cause men and women on the outside looking in to tremble. And here's Felix. Go thy way for the time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. And we always, this hymn's written about this, right? When I have a convenient season i'll call for thee i don't think he ever had a convenient season it's never convenient to come to christ well, as a matter of fact it's probably right here right now at this moment it's probably the most convenient it's ever going to be for you you've been hearing some of the things you're saying it's resonating with you saying yeah yeah i probably should get right with jesus christ yeah i should probably stand before god in his righteousness not my own made up hokey yeah i'm better than this other guy righteousness that resonated with you. You're saying, yeah, I think there's something to that. You're never closer to salvation than you are at this moment. I, I know people who have, oh, I should go up. I should, I should pray. I should ask Christ in my, I should, and don't. And you know what happens? They get very good at telling the Holy Spirit of God no. I remember a guy I used to witness to all the time. We traveling together. And I had a chance to talk to him very often about the gospel. He said, when you talk, I get this, I get all fired up inside. No, the witness of the Holy Spirit, he was trembling, if, if you want to put it that way. And he, and he says, I, I know, like, at some level I should. I saw him here a few months ago, and he was still that, you know, I should. 20 years later, 25 years later, the time goes by, 
And people are like, yeah, yeah, I should do that. I really should do that. In a convenient season. But the Bible says, behold, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Think about that. If you're on the outside looking, and you want to come up and you want to pray with me later on, I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'll pray with you. I won't. I won't. We don't, we don't have to make a big scene out of this, okay? We don't have to, like, we'll pray together. I'll be, I'm discreet. I'm not trying to make you public. There's a time for that, and you will have to step out at some time and let everyone know, but for now, we can pray. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Now we understand who he is. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul that he might loose him. <laughs> Wherefore he sent for him the offerer and commune with him. How much does a governor make? You think he'd make enough? Hey, Paul, you got any of that offering that you brought for a Jew? You got access to that? You got any of that? He's a scoundrel. But after two years, Portius Festus came into Felix's room. And Felix, willing to, sh willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. He's going to Rome to answer for his cruelty. And so he's thinking, well, if I leave Paul bound, maybe they won't, you know, throw me under the bus. It's, it's a bad gambit. They throw him under the bus, okay? But Paul is left a prisoner. Felix could have freed him. Why? What happened in, in the, those two years? You don't think Lysias came and testified? But he wants the money. It's sad, really, if you think about it. Convenience season. Hey, listen, let's stand. Let's go out of here in song. Let's take advantage of this convenience season right here, right now. If you're on the outside looking in, like I say, come and see me afterwards. We'll, yeah, we'll pray. We'll, we'll, we'll sew it up. We'll, we'll help you make the right choice. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we pray that as many as hear this word, Lord, you'd bless them. Lord, uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is where we're going eternally, heaven or hell. And Lord, we understand uh, our friends here, Felix and Drusilla, never seem to ever make the right choices. And Lord, we shudder to think about their situation right now. And Lord, I, I don't want to act all dramatic, although this is a very dramatic thing. But Lord, if, help us to be saved, to ask Jesus Christ to save us. To And Lord, we want to be people of the way. We want to be done with that lesser way that we've been on. Help us, Lord, to be out and out all for you all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our desire to get God's Word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and Peace. And everything I want out dear I count it all as long